Hi, I'm Emily Williams, the founder of the top success and personal development company for driven women called I Heart My Life. I grew my company from $442 to seven figures in my first 18 months. And since then, it's become a movement for women who know they're meant for something big and refuse to settle. At I Heart My Life, we operate with the belief that anything is possible and no dream is too big. We're all about combining business strategy, deep mindset work, high performance practices, money tips, and a whole lot of lifestyle to help you get the results you deserve in all areas of life. Because after all, we only get this one shot. This is your one-stop shop for all things inspiration. So grab your favorite drink and a pen and a notebook and get ready to be inspired. Oh, and if you're not a member of our community, go to iheartmylife.com slash join and receive all of our emails and announcements. And while you're at it, copy and paste this episode link and share it with three friends. Now on to the episode. Hi, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 217, How to Follow Your Dreams and Find Your Purpose with Michelle Sorrow. So Michelle is an incredible online coach and somebody who's an expert in soul-based selling. Now, over the past few years, she's actually sold over $220 million in live sales throughout her role on the Home Shopping Network. After realizing back in 2017 that that was not her destiny, she shifted gears and moved into the online space and became a coach for soul-led business owners. She's now built a seven-figure online coaching business with zero ad spend and knows a thing or two about soul-based selling that she now helps her clients to experience on a regular basis. Today's conversation is about following your destiny, following your heart, and moving forward even though that fear is there. It's always there. I know you're going to be inspired by Michelle's story, so let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome to the show, Michelle. I'm so excited to have this time with you. Emily, I'm so excited too. This is a full circle moment for me when I started my, didn't even know I was starting my entrepreneurial journey and you were in my feed and I'm like, I want to hurt my life. So to be here now, three years later and on your show, talking about all the things, it just feels really special. So I want to thank you for having me on. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So we met officially about a month or so ago and became fast friends, but I don't know your entire backstory. So I'm hearing it firsthand here alongside of our audience. So I'd love for you to take us back to where it all began. Tell us about the story behind the success. Oh my gosh. Okay. You know what I'll do though, is I'll start just three and a half years ago. Cause that's where I really woke up to my calling uh, and the purpose that had been whispering, but I wasn't paying attention because I was super focused on another dream that I had since I was five, which is to be on TV, not movies, just TV. That was my holy grail. And uh, and so I finally got that dream and it didn't come in the form of how I thought I would show up. I thought I would be like an entertainment television host winning Emmys and on red carpets. And that was the dream from the five-year-old self. And uh, But instead, I landed on HSN, the Home Shopping Network, and moved to Florida from L.A. and was there for three years. And then I worked for QVC for a few years. And in that time, I got this really interesting niche expertise of learning how to sell any product, any service to anyone at any time. 
And I really did not understand where that would take me. But of course, as we look back with the benefit of hindsight in life, we can like connect those dots and see how we've been prepared for every single moment if we're willing to listen. So I'm on QVC, I'm traveling the world, I'm consulting for a lot of mega brands like Longcomb and Shiseido and Trish McAvoy and brands you might know, love and use. Um, And I had sold over $220 million of products at this point, all live, all in real time, all direct selling, but feeling natural and calm and zen. And so then I moved back to LA and I land my dream gig, the TV entertainment news show called Extra. I mean, what? Like this was a this was a 10-year dream to work alongside Mario Lopez and whatever female host du jour they had at the time. And I was on my way. Of course, it showed up as a shopping segment on Extra, but I did have my own shopping segment and I was there for four years, actually, up until the end of 2020. But on in 2017, I was there for one year. There was conversation about we're gonna have you be a weekend correspondent. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm totally on my way. This is real. This is happening. All of my 4,000 hours selling products in the middle of the night to grandma in Arkansas. It worked. Just kidding. They're very savvy, New York and LA and Miami buyers. Um, But um, that's what we think, right? And so here I am doing that shopping segment. And then I get a ticket gifted to me to attend Tony Robbins Date with Destiny seminar. Have you heard of that, Emily? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I go and I'd seen the documentary, I'm Not Your Guru on Netflix and and uh, and I'd always been a longtime fan of his just but I was like, why would anyone pay to go to a program that's so expensive and you know, the time and the hotel and the flights? And anyway, so I go and on day four of that event, um, I know I was it was just perfect storm. I was open. I was exhausted. I was willing. I was surrendered fully. And I dropped to my knees in just sheer exhaustion and open heartedness. And I heard a divine intervention in the message of. You're not going to be doing TV for the rest of your life. That was a little girl dream of a five-year-old who desperately wanted to be significant and believe that she mattered. You've done that. And now you're here to wake others up to their infinite potential. And I was like, what? And so I did listen though. And then I didn't know where to start. I had no idea how to do that. I, I'd all just sold products for 10 years, um, but I started with a podcast and then six months later, I started my first mastermind. And three years later, it's turned into an incredible uh, mission, really, that's at the core of, of what I believe I'm truly here for. So that was the wake up for me. And now I've had the honor of waking up thousands of others and helping them step into their power as well. Oh, I love that. So I have so many questions. First <laughs> and foremost, I am really intrigued about this little girl dream because to be on TV, Home Shopping Network, QVC, Extra, that's a really big deal. So I'm curious to know how you actually made that part happen first and foremost. So Emily, I probably shared that story with 25 people and I don't know if anyone's ever asked me that. And I love that part of the story. Okay, so in the interim of wanting to be on air, not knowing it would be selling products, I got an agent. Um, I was fortunate enough to make that happen in Los Angeles in the realm of TV hosting. He represented this particular agent, my icons, you know, the, uh, you know, everyone on morning, um, on morning news or evening entertainment news. And so, so this, this audition came through and at the time I was selling real estate and that's, that's what I knew. And I did very well selling real estate. I mean, it was a big, big market at the time, but I just remember thinking, this is it. Like I've got to make this happen. And so when this opportunity came through and I saw it on Craigslist, this audition for HSN, which seems really weird. I didn't get it through my agent. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just 
give them an audition, do it in one take, upload a little YouTube video, send it on on its way. And who knows? Because I was like thinking it was so low level to ever consider working on the home shopping network. I mean, my ego was having a heart attack over this because at the time I was testing at extra, no, excuse me, E, um, Bravo, HGTV. I had literally been on hold for certain projects and there was like two years of like, it's going to be this. No, it's going to be that. No, it's going to. And so it was just like this, what's really going to actually come together. And I was like, you know what? They pay well. They got a great program with benefits. Like, let me just see. And so I uh, sent over that audition and then I saw that QVC was having a similar audition. So now I'm applying for both. My agent's involved in helping me negotiate everything. And I got down to the final wire, final wire of two at QVC and was told on a Tuesday, you didn't get QVC. But on Wednesday morning, after flying back and forth to Florida for HSN and meeting with all the execs and blah, 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 um, and doing the background check and the, you know, all of it. I mean, very, very thorough because you're on live TV. Like they can't mess around with anything about who you are or might say on air. Um, I got the call the next morning saying, we would love to have you on board. And they sent over a contract. So that's how that happened. But I remember even when I was sitting on the contract, I called up a few of my friends where I was obsessed with what they would think. Remember those days, Emily? Yeah. Anyone who really loves us just supports us, right? And we'll have these very honest conversations. But I, but but them, I remember just like, oh, what would they think? Would they just die? And is this as cringeworthy as I think it is? But all three of those girlfriends who are still in my life today said, you know what? I think it's going to be an incredible experience. Treat it like an MBA. You'll be there for two to three years. You'll come back with this amazing experience. And who knows where that will take you? But live TV and learning how to sell and market anything you can do anything with that. And that has been the very premise of me building my business. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's so fascinating, especially how your ego was like, this isn't it, this isn't good enough. And how often are we set in our, you know, our ways and set in what we think the exact path has to be and the exact to look like, exactly. Right. right. Yeah. I'm so glad you had the awareness and you just moved forward with it and could see that it could lead to something else. It was an openness and it was a, a courage, not going to lie, like a massive willingness to flow. Um, and that's been, I think, at the core of everything I do. People are like, you just seem to do anything. And like, you just seem like you're so fearless. I'm like, I'm always got fear running through me or anxiety run through me. The difference is, is that I don't let it stop me. You know, yeah. or I'm always questioning the narrative inside my head, especially if it's old or collective. And I, I know you and your, your community gets that um, perspective. And it's like, we still just have to listen to that quiet little voice that's calling us forward. And true to form, I was in Florida working at HSN for two years and 10 months. And, and they did not want me to leave. I was breaking, you know, sales records. And, and then Trish McAvoy, who I was consulting for at the time, she offered me a global head of education to run that department. And I was like, I just wanted to come home. I wanted to come home and I wanted to start my own business, which I don't know how to do, but I thought it was consulting for TV brands. And then it turns out it, it ended up being a transformational and coaching business as a spiritual entrepreneur. So certainly wild, but the destination is always in the doing, right? Like we kind of look back, we're like, oh, that's what that led me to, that action then led me to this inspiration and the next openings to our greatest yet to be. And so was it two years from the moment you started HSN to when you were at the Tony Robbins event? 
so, so from starting HSN, it was seven years. Seven years. Okay. Yeah. So I went to HSN or uh, probably six years, the beginning of 2011, moved back to the, at, at the end of 13. So almost three years. Didn't go to Date with Destiny until 2017. So in those few years, I was at QVC working in the UK and Pennsylvania right. and, and, and consulting for all the brands that I mentioned earlier and okay. auditioning and, you know, right. nothing really happening. So seven years. I love that. And so when you had that awareness and Date with Destiny, what was your first step once you had that clarity? It was talking to the buddy, you get assigned a buddy or you pick out your buddy in these small groups because like 5,000 people at that program. This was back in the day when events were still live, pre-pandemic, um, they're beginning to be now. But so you might be in a small pod of 50. So let's imagine there's like 100 of those 50 person pods. And day one, you're asked to find your buddy. This is a person who will be your accountability partner uh, throughout the entire six day event. So I looked at him and I was like, this is what just happened. This is crazy. I came here with one purpose and one purpose only. And it's Tony in my mind. Help me turn my one day a week shopping segment into a full-time role on extra. And what this is happening. And, and he was like, he put his hand on my thigh. I'll never forget it. We were sitting down in the freezing cold room. And he said, this is your destiny. You're literally having your date with destiny in this moment. So start a podcast. And I was like, a podcast? I thought they were for celebrities and mega brands. I'm like, a podcast? Who am I to start a podcast? He's like, I've known you for four days at this event. You are designed to share your message on a mic. That's your platform. Start with a podcast. It's like, okay, DJ, that was his name. I was like, he lived in London um, and he's still a dear friend to this day. And uh, that's what I did. I got back from Date with Destiny late December. I reached out to several people. I found a producer. She's still my producer to this day. Um, and we launched my podcast in June of 2018. So it took a minute, um, but we got it going. And then that was the beginning of me realizing what I really want to share in the world and what really lights me up. And were you clear on the message of the podcast from the get go? Or is Hell that no, okay. Hell no. So I always say that the action breeds clarity. I mean, that's just, yeah. reality. I'm sure you can relate, right? Mm -hmm. So at first I was too scared to start a podcast, which is funny because now one of my programs is we launch podcasters, professional podcasters with my producer. And we've launched, I think 105 podcasts in the past year. Or so, so those are beautiful souls, just like me of like, who am I to start a podcast? So I totally get it. Um, but no, I, if I'm honest, which I'm always, I always share this in my program. It's, I wanted to hide behind other guests. I didn't think that I had what it took to stand alone and say, this is my platform. This is what I'm here to share. And so I called my show, the mindset mashup, and I'd bring on other guests, mostly from the Tony Robbins community, like his big speakers. And even him, he was confirmed three times and we'll get him on one day. There's always a reschedule, but it was like, Get all these thought leaders, these transformational, you know, New York Times bestsellers. Like these are people in my self-development world that I was raised on. I was getting them to say yes. And so I was hiding behind their mindset. Tell me about how you stepped into action despite the fear. Tell me how you broke through that limiting belief. Like, tell me how you woke up to your divine calling. Same thing that you're doing here. But I didn't think that I could own that conversation myself. So it started out as the mindset mashup. One year later, it was 2019. And I realized I was selling myself short. And I also realized that in the heart of my conversations, I wanted to talk about their wake up moments in a real way that was spiritual. So I changed the title of the show 
change the direction and the description of the show to be all around spiritual entrepreneurship and what it means to really hone into your spiritual gifts and turn your passions into profits. And that's, that's where we are now. Amazing. And then when did the coaching side of thing, things come in? Same year. So 2018, um, I was blessed uh, enough to uh, generate my first six figures in like six months um, with no ads, no email list. I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. I didn't have a website. Like this is why like anyone who's got a calling, if you listen to that nudge, I mean, you just might be surprised how much the universe is rooting for you and supporting you in the law of abundance. Like just go leap in the net will appear. So at the time I was working on extra and I was having, you know, pretty nice income for only working one day a week there. All my bills were met, I, I you know, travel. And, but all of a sudden this little side gig called leading masterminds was surpassing this one day a week, you know, TV gig. And so next thing I knew, um, I turned it into something real and masterminds while I still love them. And I'm a part of many, several right now. Um, I realized I really wanted to help others, um, learn how to scale their business with like spiritually based business principles. So mm-hmm. I, I now teach live sales mastery that has a very Zen framework. I also, of course, launch podcasts into the world. So that's what I do. And then I help people start their first online course. Amazing. So tell us more about the Zen element of sales. I want to know more about how that comes into play and what that looks like. Okay. So after, you know, seven years of, of selling live and 4,000 hours and $220 million of products and services, I, I became extremely <clears throat> calm and collected selling anything. And sometimes our sales quotas for one hour at QVC would be $10 million for one hour. That's a lot of product, but I'd just be so grounded, so calm. And that is the actual definition of the adjective version of Zen. It's not the Buddhist term, which I love Buddhist, but the Zen adjective is being extremely calm and collected. So I was like, what if I could take the framework that I used and developed to help all these brands that had poor performing sales um, or stagnant sales and then transform and exceed the sales quotas, I could turn that into a framework and use it for myself and then help others do the same. So now I have what's called its trademark term called the seven step Zen pitch framework, which is if you use these seven steps, it's like a paint by the numbers. I help and guide you to fill in your content. Um, But throughout these seven steps, you will learn to build an extremely engaging audience and convert your viewers, your ideal clients into high paying customers while feeling yourself authentic, connected, and comfortable. So it's a step-by-step process, but you also infuse what feels aligned for you into the process. Absolutely. Awesome. And so what would you say is one of the major issues with people when it comes to sales? So the biggest thing is they don't want to come off as salesy. And I mean, I can't tell you how many people and probably you as well. It's like, God, I have this great idea. I know that I'm an amazing coach or I've gotten certified in every program on the planet, or I've got an online course that could change the world. And I'm like, awesome. Tell me about your sales strategy. And they literally look at me like, what? Like sales? I don't know. I don't do sales. And I'm like, at the heart of every personal brand or digital CEO, which is what you and I are at the core of everything we do, right? It's like, you've got to be an extremely 
effective marketer and salesperson and you've got to get comfortable selling. So the first thing is, is they don't want to be inauthentic, which would lead them to feeling salesy or scammy. And I get it. It's because so many of us have purchased programs and it's like, oh, I thought I was buying this, but I actually got that. Right. And so I teach them how to represent and embody the transformation they're promising with who they are. And I, by the way, only teach live sales. So when you're on live video, which cuts through so much of the online marketing noise, it's, it's just so easy to build that no like trust factor because people get the vibe of you. And then plus I remind them like every personal brand that you have invested in or that you follow and admire, they're all revealing themselves on live video. There's not a single person who isn't. I mean, would you invest with someone who didn't let you know who they are in today's new digital world? It's like, no. And, it's, and I say new digital world because after the pandemic, the entire world pivoted. There were a few of us doing this for years, but the entire world now is online. It's like, this is it, guys. And so I just try to empower with, you know, where we're really heading. This is it. And like, you got to get comfortable with this and get over those limiting beliefs that you can't be authentic and truly you and also make bank. Mm, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, we see that in our community all the time. People don't want to be sleazy. But the reality is they're running a business, not a charity shop. And so they have to get comfortable with sales very quickly, right. in order to keep that vision moving forward. And I really think, you know, especially as a coach, it's very hard to impact and help people unless they're actually in your program and in your world. So I look at it as my duty to sell to people because that's the only way I can really help them. And I really see sales as an expression of love an expression of belief in the person I'm speaking to. Because I know at the beginning of my journey, there was a period of time where I had 54 no's in a row, I kept getting on call after call after call, and people were saying no to me. And what I realized was that I wasn't willing to really go there with people and have honest conversations about their fears and their money and all the blocks that were coming up. They were just telling me no. And I was like, okay, no problem. Bye. And that was right. the end of the conversation conversation. And so I really started to shift my mindset around sales is me helping them. And I have to have belief that they have the money that they can do that this is possible for them, and support them if it's the right fit to getting to that yes, or finding a solution to actually make it happen. I love that, Emily. And I so what I do is I, I actually just swap out the word sell, and I exchange it for serve. And I remember first getting that insight, um, actually, when I was still on extra um, after date with destiny, because now I'm in like this soul conflict of like, I'm selling product. And yet I know I'm being pulled in this direction. So it was like, how, and I had a contract that I'd signed for multiple years. So on the one hand, I was grateful for that. But on the other hand, it was like, how do I reconcile what feels like a, a like a competing conflict? And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm just here to serve love, to serve love for the brands and the entrepreneurs behind the brands, for the crew, for the host, for the viewers that tuned in and trusted me on Extra. And then simultaneously for those who needed my services to help them build on the breakthrough they might have had at an event or a seminar, or reading a book or listening to a podcast or whatever. That's what I was made for. And so, yes, I also feel it was my soul's duty to stay that course. And I also say this on those fence sitter conversations that are so difficult, but they're only difficult until you try them. And then you're like, okay, wasn't that scary. But like, I have a lot of fence sitter conversations, especially for my high ticket uh, programs. Um, and it's like getting really comfortable with like, what's standing in the way? 
Just what is standing in the way? Let's just talk about it. Never trying to convince someone, but at least showing someone that like, there's just a small thing and it's usually a fear, right? Or maybe a shame of like, oh, I've invested in that and never did, did anything. But I always say, listen, if you also want to be a coach or a trainer and you're not willing to invest in something that you know for sure will move your business forward and grow your revenue, then how can you expect your dream clients to invest in your products? And that's just it, right? It's like, we've got to be willing to go first. I've invested $250,000 in my growth over the last three years. And I know you are always investing in your growth. That's how we met. Was it Marla's birthday, who was a coach of yours? Um, so, you know, we got to walk the talk, express that, call it out, and just honor the fact that sometimes they're just not ready and that's okay too. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like your mission, you know, from what I've experienced of you so far is so much greater than sales as important as that is. So can you talk a little bit more about what your company is all about and what's in store for you going forward? Yes, and it is. So at the heart of everything we do is, is I'm on a mission to empower millions to be seen and heard. Um, what I've really realized over the past few years, and especially as I get older and my friends get older, it's like they begin to shrink and they start to play small and they become more invisible or more introverted when they weren't that way maybe 10, 15 years ago. And so I want us to all be fully self-expressed. So because my programs do tend to fall in the categories of being seen on live video with sales that are all deeply transformational. Most of my students say, I didn't know you're going to excavate my soul, right? Like I just thought I was going to learn a sales framework. And it's like, at the heart of everything we do, it's all deeply transformative, right? Like that's, it's just, it's sovereignty at its finest. That's what we aim for. And then having a podcast. I mean, I have taken <laughs> the, the most well-known speakers, celebrity athletes and hosts, and you name it, uh, Fortune 100 CEOs through my podcast accelerator program. And at one point or another, Emily, everybody is in the metaphorical fetal position, PhDs, physicians, scientists. Uh, stay-at-home moms, it doesn't even matter. The, the range is so diverse. But the imposter syndrome gets all of us. And it actually makes me want to cry a little bit because I get so passionate about this. It's like it can hold anyone back no matter how accomplished they are or what their background is. And yet when you put yourself on that mic and you say, this is my platform, the little voice from a five-year-old says, who do you think you are, right? And so I want to help everyone break free from that and tap in to the infinite potential that's never been hurt, harmed, or endangered, that knows nothing other than absolute freedom and liberty. Mm, so beautiful. And I'm curious to know along those lines, when you started selling for yourself, was that different than selling someone's, someone else's products? Did you have imposter syndrome? I had imposter syndrome so badly. So I was doing it all on just like um, a post on Facebook. That was my predominant platform still is. Um, maybe it's an age thing, Emily. Um, I love Instagram too. But, um, and I remember seeing a friend of mine at a soul cycle class here in Santa Monica. And we, and I remember she was doing a bunch of lives. This was three and a half, almost four years ago. And I remember thinking to myself, who does she think she is? She thinks she got some TV show. Like <laughs> I was so judgmental. I was the eye roller. And then I saw her in that soul cycle class. I'm like, oh my God, does she know that I unfollowed her? Like, I didn't know how it worked, right? I was like dying. So we leave the class, we're walking to our cars. And I just said, Nicole, because I didn't know. I'm like, Nicole, I got to complain. Like, I don't know if you know, but like I unfollowed you because I got so triggered by the videos. And I don't know what that's all about. And she's like, well, if you're so triggered, then why don't you try it? She's a really good coach. She's a spiritual success coach. And I'm like, 
no, that's not what this is about. It's hilarious. And she was like, I don't know. There just might be something here for you. There might be some material. And so, um, so I agreed in that moment to do 30 days of Facebook lives. And I did it the next day. And it was, it was Valentine's of 2018, which was July 4, or excuse me, February 14. And I remember calling it a self love journey because I was so afraid. But the first time that I went live on my phone and my Facebook feed, I was shaking so badly, sweat dripping down my back, like just heart racing. And like, I think the video was a total of 15 seconds. I could barely close out the video. I didn't even know how to save it. It deleted, but I was like, I did it. And then I was like, I got to do another one tomorrow. But after 30 days, I was completely transformed. And so, yeah, it was hard to step into that. But all the things that we have in life that are the most gratifying, it's because we push through the comfort zone to experience the freedom on the on that other side. I'm so glad you shared that because obviously there's a lot of people who start businesses who don't have your background in television and don't have your sales experience and they're petrified of live video. And so to hear that you were also scared and yet you kept moving forward, that's so inspirational for everyone listening. Well, it's because to your very point, I could hide behind someone else's brand or a billion dollar brand, right? Like selling it on QVC or HSN. But who the heck was I like, I was just leading some little mastermind for like $149 for three months, because that's what I thought I was worth at the time. Um, But I was just so grateful and excited to get it going. And of course, it's grown to a seven figure business now. But but back then, I was like, I didn't know if I'd ever even get to 10 grand. I just knew that I wanted to serve. And, uh, and so, yeah, putting myself out there and being obsessed about what others would think in my Facebook feed that have known me since grade school or high school or college or whatever, I was like, I was dying over that. And, um, and because I'm so honest about that all the time, I think it's what's allowed thousands of people to work with me and, and be able to now generate the impact of their dreams because they too are willing to be a little bit humble, a lot brave to get to what is calling them forward. So you've mentioned money a bit throughout the episode, and that's one of the topics that we cover a lot at I Hurt My Life. So I'm curious to know which money beliefs or blocks did you have to transform in order to create the success you have? So that's such a good question. Um, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. There was a very specific moment that happened to me in the in the summer of 2019. So my business was going for about a year. I had already surpassed my typical annual revenue. Um, and, and then I remember being at this lunch and I'm starting to get invited to some really big stages like Dave Asprey's and Ariana, Ariana Huffington and Jack Canfield. And these are, this is like my world of the self-development space. And so it was like the greatest honor ever. And, and, uh, and I, but I remember talking to my friend Jake at an event in Oregon. And I said, Jake, like, I just can't seem to get past like 150 to 175 a year. That's where I was. I was comfortable there. I was proud to be there. I didn't really think I needed more than to be there. Um, I was so grateful to be there. And he's like, oh, you just have an upper limit problem. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. He's like, have you read the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, PhD? And I was like, I know who he is, but I, I don't, I haven't read the book and I certainly don't know what an upper limit problem is. And he's like, get the book, listen to it on your flight home and call me when you get home. And I was like, okay. 
I listened to that chapter on upper limits, which is that we all have sort of like this thermostat, this regulatory sort of amount of I'm good at this weight. And if I lose a little bit less than this weight, then I might start to overcompensate because ego comes in. It's like, nope, alert, alert, not safe, right? Or I'm good at this amount of income. And when you start to go above it, it's like you might sabotage it or all these things that come in that are unconscious. So I listened to the chapter. I was blown away because nobody had ever explained it. And by the end of the year, I had doubled my income. I was like, oh my God, I, I busted through the upper limit problem. So then last year we did 50% better than even 2019 in the year of a pandemic, which I know a lot of us speak to that because we have services to help people, you know, own their economy and regardless of what's happening in the world. Um, and so literally just recently I was like, okay, what's it going to take for me to do seven figures a year? And I was like, this is all upper limit stuff. So it's just constantly coming back to what's stirring what do I need to attend to? How can I see the five-year-old little voice that doesn't think this is possible? How can I prove by numbers, this is what you've done year over year, you double, 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 like you got this girl. All you got to do is keep going, but expand. And what I love that our, our mutual friend Marla talks about is, can you increase your capacity to receive? And I'm like, yes, I can. And so it freaking is. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I agree a million percent. I of love that course. book. It's one of those books we recommend to everyone at the beginning. And I actually want to read it again because I love everything you said. And it's been probably seven years since I've read that. So it's a good oh, one to wow. revisit. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I had never even heard of the book and it completely changed my life. So one of the questions that we ask all of our guests here at the I Heart My Life show is what is one way that our listeners can create a life that's better than their dreams? The most honest answer I have is to be super grateful for everything we have right now. I mean, that's just it. Like, you know, we live in some very interesting times, you know, um, this pandemic is, I believe, shown a light on who we really are. Are we prone to anxiety and fear and segregation and blame and shame? Or do we live in wholeness and infinite possibility and connection and freedom and love and, um, and that was a really interesting experiment for me. Um, and so what I'm left with now is just going out and appreciating the simple, simple things in life, like the sway of a palm tree in the sky, the scent of the ocean, because I live just a couple blocks from the beach um, here in Santa Monica, um, a cuddle with my pup. I mean, as simple as those sounds, like when we can trade our expectations, which are the dreams for appreciation. I just believe that our whole world does change instantly. It's a Tony Robbins quote. I live by it. It's probably the most profound answer that he provided for me that I now just share with others because I don't think the universe can bring you more if you can't appreciate what you have, all the little nuances of what we have. Yeah, I agree completely. Thank you so much, Michelle. Where can people find you in the online space? The best places are to it's Facebook at Michelle sorrow and Instagram at Michelle sorrow. Amazing. Thank you for your time. I'm so grateful to be connected. I know that this message is going to resonate with so many people. So I appreciate you and I can't wait to see what's next for you. Thank you, Emily. It really is full circle to be here because I remember seeing your ads way back in the day when I didn't know what the heck to do. And I was like, Oh my gosh, if I could ever have anything, even kind of like Emily Williams, and to be here now on your show is, is really beautiful. So thank you for having me on. Mm, it's an incredible reminder that we never know who's watching exactly. no until a month ago. Exactly. You've inspired me, girl. Thank you. Thank you. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I Heart My Life Show. That's hashtag I Heart My Life Show. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.